Ozil puts one up. Shemilko header. Go! I mean, he takes it on one foot and he slaps it home on the other one. Oh, go! everybody welcome to a what would have been really depressing and now is actually probably going to be a decently positive views from the bridge uh brought to you by roughneck scarves go check them out also the beautiful game network podcast and uh our good friend uh robbie over at icarus fc and all those people who do a wonderful job uh you should be getting those at some point maybe the will still be playing who knows um I'm your host, is mathematically proven to be most of the time, and uh, batting a solid thousand in the playoffs. Evan Valala, joined by all three of my views from the bridge uh, colleagues, cohorts, and comrades. Introducing from middle to uh, left and over to right. First, it is uh, Chuck Booth. Chuck's here. Okay, you you just make this more and more annoying every week, but we are here. Yeah. Chuck's lead-in was a visual gag that no one will we'll be play able to so good on this audio podcast. It threw a but even worse is to, for me. You're to, in the middle. I, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, he also responded. Yeah, he. There was actual words that came out of his mouth this time. So now we figured yes. it only took us from from October, but we figured it out. Hey, the other, I've been fine yeah. every time you didn't host. I that's a pro well then the majority of the time that's a problem then. <laughs> the other voices you heard in no particular order from when you heard them Paul Katrina was also here Junior sorry hello hiya uh and uh, and Justin Ashcraft is also here what's up I am alive we are all in fact alive and we probably we feel are. more alive than we ever have done given the result of the MLS. Uh, in the last weekend, partly because y'all, a, all those games were ridiculous. Yeah, MLS playoffs rocks now. That it's just one game elimination. It's really so great. bleeping good. They go so hard. Um, I think we all might have had a heart attack. I don't know. Maybe potentially. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised that I'm alive right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone knows what happened, but. If you've just wait, what it, what happened? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, was, I was. Did the union do something important? <laughs> Maybe. Did they defy the laws of physics? Well, no, they didn't no. go see Wicked. Uh, I don't know, dude. Fafa Pico jumped pretty bleeping high on that. Yeah, I forget that he has like a really good. He does that he all does the stuff time. Like that, and I'm like, oh yeah. That's but right. that was absurd, dude. He was floating. <laughs> Guys, the union won a playoff game. The union, and more importantly, uh, the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars slash New York Red Bull have still not done. Oof. True. They have been knocked out by 10 different teams in the past 10 years. <laughs> That's my new favorite stat. It's so wonderful. It's really good. 
<laughs> hey, but not for nothing. Uh, I said, I tweeted that I was not going to be happy regardless of the result. I'm still kind of not. Even though winning does, uh, you know, heal, heal some wounds. Uh, if you get punched in the mouth like that again in Atlanta, or anywhere else, to be fair, in the playoffs, you should lose. I mean, um, we should have lost yes, this yes. past game. And the only reason the Union did not is because Jim Curtin, A, made the right substitutions. Uh, perfect three for three, which... I don't think we've said that very often this year. And then B, uh, Red Bull do not know how to close out a game to save their lives. But also, if you get punched in the mouth, just punch back harder. Apparently, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not really... I don't have an issue with them getting punched in the mouth because it's almost like the Union just kind of tripped up in the fight. And that trip came from Andre Blake multiple yes. times in Imagine. that game. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine no. picking your Kinsei-Sal this week for this game and having to give it to Andre Blake? Yeah. Because it was bad. That's who it has to I be, mean, right? I can imagine it because that's who I'm giving yeah, it to if I, we were going to give it out. <laughs> early Kinsei-Sal giveaway. Uh, Dre, come get it. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm. they faced a lot of pressure through the middle. Yes. They didn't break too many times. They only had two real chances in the second half. Uh, that's Red Bull. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was seeing ghosts. Uh, Andre Blake was just simply a no man, no man's land, and he's lucky yeah. that his coach saved him. And I, to uh, to your point, I think the whole substitution thing being three for three has actually been a pretty common thing this season right now. Mm. In those games, right now, for teams sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, it's definitely something that Jim has shown us on numerous occasions that mm. he's been nailing his substitutions and the way he's approaching these games. Granted, that 3-1 going into halftime, I thought, was <laughs> the nail. Yeah. I was genuinely thinking that just demoralizes a team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to come back from that, but they showed you again. Can I tell you actually a very weird thing happened for me on Sunday afternoon? I actually was not scared almost at any point during that game that we were going to lose the game. Hmm. My one moment of fear came about the first five minutes into halftime. I was like, we're down 3-1, but... I just felt like we were playing so strong the last 20 minutes of the first half even. And I thought, man, if we could just get this goalkeeping thing figured out, which yeah. is like a weird thing to say right. with Dre back there. But but if we can get this goal thing figured out, like we're, we're going to have our chances. We're going to have our shots. And at some point, the ball just has to go in the back of the net. Mm. Um, Statistically. <laughs> yeah. So I just felt like. Unless we were going to get FIFA'd in this game, Ooh. that we have 55 shots and two goals. Um, I was like, I think we're gonna. I think we're still gonna win this game. Um, and luckily, they proved me right in the second half. But I just, I wasn't scared. I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably says more about Red Bull than it does about the Union. Yeah. yeah, it says a lot about Red Bull. But words can't state how important Alejandro Bedoya's goal yes. was for firing everything for up. Sure. 
Yep. Yeah. Because even the stadium had kind of gone flat after Tim Parker scored. Mm-hmm. And it was everyone needed something to believe in at that point. And then here comes Bedoya. Here comes your captain. And it's a game again. Yeah. Yeah, at least and you have something tangible to grab onto. A goal. Like, your chances produced a goal. And that second, I mean, and that second goal was just such a howler by Blake. I mean, yeah. I don't, what were, what was he jumping for? Mm-hmm. Like, he was nowhere close to the ball. So, you know, that was just such a bad goal. Yeah, he was bad. Um, I will say... I think, and, and you know, not that I'm glad that the substitution had to happen the way it did for Red Bull, but I think looking at kind of heat mappy things on the, on the chalkboard, Alex Mule coming in on the 29th was good news for the Union. Yes. yes. I like him. Um, I, he was, he's been, you know, he was one of those guys really good for the Baby Bulls when they won the... Um, USL Cup, and, and I, I think he's a decent prospect. I think he should stop growing his facial hair immediately. Good God. Um, but he's not great. In in this game, at least, he was not great. And not... I think Josh, uh, Josh Sims was feeling himself clearly with that goal early on. Um, so, yeah, like, it's very weird to go into a game against Atlanta and go, wow, Andre Blake is the biggest question mark about this team. Um, but here, here we are and a hell of a fight from the, from the guys to, to come back and, and get the win. Um, let's stop playing Andrew Wooten and Sergio Santos together. Um, hopefully Casper's ankle or whatever is, uh, is fine and he gets the start. Um, I think he's certainly, um, from what everyone's been saying, um, after the game and, and otherwise, I think he's definitely motivated enough and I think he'd definitely provide a spark. But I think uh, Andrew Witten as a whole can um, leave. Goodbye. Uh, I mean, my gosh, like we got to give Sergio Santos some credit. I mean, yeah, you don't. They didn't look I, good. I together, don't think but Santos was no, the no, problem. No, no. I just don't think. No, you have it's a just Witten was real bad. Only played like start what, Santos and minutes? Pico together if Casper can't go. Yeah, like no, 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 and that's not what I was saying. I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that Santos was bad or or whatever. Santos was good. I thought Santos had a really good afternoon. Um, And I think, like, he just got – the unfortunate part was in the first 65 minutes of the game or whatever that was, he was paired with Wooten, who was doing nothing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, It's tough. It's tough to see. (laughs) I mean, there was arguments online for weeks (laughs) leading up to Andrew Wooten's transfer. Like, and I mean, he I was think... supposed to be a very strong option up there for them. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, I, I mean, know. we There's all thought nothing. it too. I think this is one I... of those. This is one of those things where midseason transfers setting in can be tough. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, I'm not necessarily ready to say Ben Wooten off the union completely. Okay, but he has no business playing meaningful minutes for the rest of these playoffs. Yes. What is this? I mean, you saw what Casper was able to do with a full off season and acclimating himself to his teammates. Yeah. But right now, 
he he cannot see the field just can't happen yeah i think i think i think if you like you could certainly do a lot worse as a rotation guy and i don't know like are we picking up santos's option <laughs> you're hoping he <laughs> takes a pay cut yeah and you're hoping marco fabian's game-winning goal that was a deflection doesn't end up costing you another multi-million dollars on your salary cap it won't i don't think it can they, i really don't think it i think i think everyone involves know, knows everyone involved knows that uh a million's a bit lofty i mean for so. for i i'd say for him this is kind of like the going away tour ooh weird okay back to shivas i mean obviously we don't want to <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't we don't want to get too deep into that right now because we have sure. all this great playoff stuff to talk about yep. and we'll yep, have yep, yep. literally the entire offseason to unpack that yeah um but uh should we talk about the fact that apparently bedoya played most of that game on a completely screwed up quad probably right that's a very like philly lore uh yeah yeah this is I, this is gonna be a weird like not a weird but this is definitely gonna be like a benchmark game for this organization um and that's definitely going to be part of it and yeah, i don't I mean, understand just... how he managed to do this um i've pulled my quad running and i could barely walk doing right. it so i truly cannot imagine it the guy <laughs> just has more adrenaline than five Anybody. people combined yeah and luckily it was cold yeah yeah i'm speaking from experience it was very cold over there uh especially if you're wearing short sleeves and shorts oh buddy that can't be fun <laughs> No, I'm saying Bedoya. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, what are you doing? No, I'm not wearing shorts. Get the okay. bleep out of here. I, hey, man. I thought you ended up in a short sleeve shirt. I did because I was feeling the adrenaline in extra time. Mm. Mm. I did indeed mm. shed a layer or two. And stand on some railings. Uh, you know, I was going to say you can't prove it, but I'm pretty I, sure there's no pictures that... I mean... <laughs> Um, vi yeah. visual reference, I may have a picture from above you. Ah. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, well, you know, you that was a lot of fun. Treads. Um. <laughs> you know, that was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Uh, hey, Justin, there's playoffs. There's, there's other playoff games happening, and the Union are involved in one of them, but there's also more than that. Um, it's Atlanta United in two days' time. The team is already there. They chartered a flight. They did what? They chartered a flight, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, they chartered a flight there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I bet Jay Sugarman's saying you're welcome. In what'll right be now. the like third biggest news story this week for the union because you know, order charter flight. Yeah, good yeah. for the league for mm -hmm. <laughs> bailing out Sugarman <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Uh, hey, good news if you're the union. Uh, Land United don't have Miles Robinson. Or Michael Parkhurst. Or Michael Parkhurst. And so, it would appear to be 
uh, Jeff Lorenowitz slotting in next to Leandro Gonzalez Perez, who I refuse to call LGP uh, on a consistent basis, unlike everybody else. LGP uh, is irrelevant, dude. He got megged by Brendan Aronson in one of the first few games of the season. Yeah, it made Brad true. Guzan fall to his back yes. like a like a turtle. Yeah. So yeah, we we he doesn't get a nickname. We we need to just have that video on repeat yep. in slow mo as the entire lead up to this game. Yeah, that's the hype video. It was just Brendan Aronson making Brad Guzan. My my favorite was that video that video with the Windows load music behind it. <laughs> that's good. so good. Good. You internet people. Hey, keep uh, doing it. I haven't seen that one yet. I need to find that. One. <laughs> I was. I, I, I I will find it and send it. <laughs> Previous meetings, uh, Atlanta won the first three. 2017 and twice in 2018. 2019, 1-1 draw in March, and then a Philly 3-1 win in August. Uh, in that that one of two games with uh, Atlanta and then LAFC that uh, everyone likes to talk about a lot. Gentlemen, uh, there is a very, 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 very good soccer player on Atlanta United by the name of Vilsa Martinez, who has 27 goals. Outside of that, it is a very good team. It is a deep team. But uh, Frank DeBoer refuses to play Pity Martinez, apparently. What a pity. What a pity. Uh, and then, honestly, outside of Martinez is 27, Julian Gressel, um, second in goals with six. The Union have neutralized him before. They can do it again especially if the Union are able to dictate possession like yeah. they did against Red Bulls, given the fact that they don't have two of their best defensive pieces. I'm not afraid of this game. No. Um, I'm afraid of this game. No, but... you're, a bit, you're a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I'll be you're a baby, bitch then. You're, you're a baby back bitch. <laughs> Like, oh man, yes, I, that escalated quickly. Yeah, that's I, Paul. I, how are you no, feeling? Like, are you okay? No, is it because listen, is I don't want things to escalate. I don't want things to escalate too far. Okay, I, but listen, Chuck, I, you're entitled to your opinion, but okay. you're wrong and you're a bitch. Oh. I just want to let you know. Wow. <laughs> well, all right, go ahead. One playoff win and the fan base is already turning on itself. Thank, Great. thank you. <laughs> yeah. But, um. I would. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a formation shift for Atlanta this weekend, just because of the fact that um, without Parkhurst, Escobar has been awful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, running a back three doesn't seem like a good idea against a Union team that can run circles around them. So it's just kind of the uncertainty and the fact that I assume that they're not gonna sit pity against um, the Union. Like, you you think that, especially since they haven't beaten this team this year, that they'd want to start their actual best players that they have yeah. available and it's against the game. Union in a playoff yeah. game? Like, you can, they... you can get away with that against the Revolution. Yes. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't see any reason for them to not play Pity. The question is, is, the fo- is this change in the way they approach the game going to have to 
be at the expense of one of their better players. And they do have a pretty deep team, which mm-hmm. means someone's getting left out of that equation. Uh, that would probably be Justin Miro. Yeah. Yeah. He's also one of their more stoppable players. So, yeah. like, re- really, like, it's almost a lose-lose situation with lineups. But I'm not really concerned with what lineup Atlanta puts out, to be completely honest. I'm more concerned with um, do the Union return to a 4-2-3-1 to face Atlanta again? And can they perform some magic on Alejandro Bedoya to get him to be able to play this game? Or are you going to see a midfield that does not include him? If the Union are looking for voodoo um, to perform on Alejandro Bedoya, I know two guys. One's pretty good. One's really good. So just okay. give me a call. Hey, uh, Justin, I need you so badly to ground this podcast a little bit. Um, are, you, uh, are you afraid of this match? And um, is it worrying to you like it's worrying to me a little bit that you're facing perhaps one of the most prolific goal scorers uh, in MLS history and <laughs> and your usual very reliable uh, Andre Blake was um, not in your last match um that doesn't worry me no okay uh, because you you mm-hmm. were concerned about one Josef Martinez yes. the entire lead up to the last game sure. and he did score a goal which was I said he wouldn't but yes. he did okay. but we still scored 3 against them mm-hmm. so no I don't I am not concerned about Josef Martinez even scoring even two I think we can still score more than Atlanta does um I think I mean I think this this game is going to come down to midfield uh and I think whether Bedoya can go or not, I'm not super concerned by. I think the reason for that being, I think if you don't have Bedoya, I think you do go to that four-two-three-one formation and you sit Kraval next to Madunian, and I think that ends up helping to more neutralize the Atlanta attack. And then I think it's can we score goals with the sole striker, depending who that is. So I think, I mean, I think we, we have a lot of questions going into this game with, um, I think you, you said it, you start to look at Blake and I don't know what he was seeing last game. Uh, you know, I saw a tweet on Twitter talking about, does Blake have the goalkeeper version of the yips and whatever that is. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's seen. I don't know what he's seen or doing or whatever. So you've got a question there. You've got a question with Bedoya. Can Bedoya go or not? You've got a question with Casper. And if you're not going to go with Casper, then do you trust Sergio Santos as your sole striker? I don't know. So, I mean, I think you've got a lot of questions. But I think the thing about this team, and I think the thing that we saw in this past game, is you can answer those in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. That you can you can put, you know, you can put Carval out there. You can, you can try a 4-2-3-1. And maybe you do go Santos, but that also puts Pico out on the field probably. So, I don't know. I'm not... I'm concerned about this game because I think we're going into Atlanta and playing a really good team. 
but we've matched up against this team this year. So mm. am I concerned that we're going to get trounced? I don't think so. Um, but can we perform well enough to win? I don't know. There's questions. Sure. Uh, I think if you're going four two three one and you don't have Bedoya, I think the Madunian and Craval pairing as the two seems like the best option. Mm. And then you go ahead with either Aronson or Montero on the left. Um, but don't you roll your eyes at me, Chuck. I'll pick one. <laughs> Fine. I'll pick Aronson. I think Aronson I... <laughs> and Wagner works very well over there. You can put Montero on the right with Gaddis because that complements each other. They complement each other pretty well. Um, and in regards to Andre Blake, I think he's just seeing the ghost of Corey Burke, and it, he really wants who's him back your, on the team. What? Who's your 10? <laughs> this is where I'm coming into this, because I actually have a... No, 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 no. I want to hear who Paul's 10 is. Yeah. Prove me wrong, Marco Fabian. Oh. Mm. Prove me wrong. Or get off wait. the field. Uh, so, wait. Please stop trying to take selfies, by the way, after, after offside goals. That's, that's my big concern. But so who's, who's, on your right, who's on your right side of the midfield? Montero. Okay. Uh, um, uh, so, pause. Uh, because this is where, if it's a 4-2-3-1, I'm just playing a goddamn pivot of Harris Mandunian and... Um, Montero, putting yeah, um, putting Marco Fa- putting Marco Fabian at the ten, putting Aronson on the left, putting Fafau in the right, hopefully mm-hmm. putting Casper up top, and saying, "Go score more goals than them." Yeah. Yep. Yep. What's the point of really trying to defend Atlanta? Well, and like. They don't have Parkhurst because his leg exploded or whatever, and and LGP is not terribly fast, and then Jeff Lorenowitz, who um you know oh local boy he's like forty five. Run at them, run at their back line because Lord knows I don't think Ezekiel Barco has played a minute of defense in his entire career. I don't think Gonzalo Martinez is terribly defensive. Like this team is not set up to play defensive soccer, so make them. I love that everyone's blowing up about Barco, like, now exploding onto the scene because he yeah. won, like, 20 of 21 midfield duels. I'm like, well, these, guys, and... these guys are running at Barco full speed. He's kind of just sticking his leg out and yeah. continuing the play. Like, he's, he's last not a defensive midfield maestro. No. Well, this uh, is... Well... Go for it, Chuck. Uh, I was just say, like, Atlanta United plays the Manchester City brand of defense, where... They're if just only, gonna yeah. have they're just gonna have the ball more than you, yeah. and hope that you don't get any good shots on their goal. I hope that luck- you ignore that Nico Otamendi's on the field. Um, but like, luckily, the Union are fast enough that they yeah. can still pass circles around any team if they cho- choose to do so. Yeah, and I mean, it's got it's got to be gung ho against Atlanta because they're certainly. They're not just going to sit, they're going to chase the ball. They want the ball. They absolutely need it to be able to dictate the way they play. So, you know, they have to get it, and the Union have to be crisp with their passing. And, man, Ray Gaddis's importance on that one side becomes more and more prevalent every Ooh. single game. I'll Ooh. tell you what, guys. 
He looked okay. But like Ring of Honor. Red Bulls game. He's looked okay in these Atlanta games too. Guys, I don't know. (laughs) When we get... You want to talk about the Ring of Honor discussion, we'll get to it, but I'll make a case for Gaddis. I I don't disagree with him being there, but I think it's more of a time spent with the club and not uh, necessarily input on the field. You could honor him in other ways, but we can, again... I kind of think it has to be both, though. Here's a cookie cake, buddy. I mean, are we just going to get into this Ring of Honor discussion (laughs) now? Yeah, here it is. We've, we've, like, went into the entire lead at this point. Yep. Someone, Uh, someone, uh, does someone have that tweet? Alright, well, what they're saying is the next Ring of Honor inductees should be Alejandro Bedoya, who I absolutely agree with. And Ray Gaddis, who I absolutely don't agree with. And then the honorable mentions are Madunyanin mm-hmm. and Dre. Blake. Yeah. He didn't yeah. Blake, he didn't he didn't say the next the next inductions. Whoever tweeted that said something to the effect of these guys are making a case for mm. their uh, it was their on, Ring of it Honor. Was all three, it was all three points on Twitter and they were saying that uh, if you were gonna yes. give it to anyone right now these would be the first two people that are making a case for he didn't say it that way he just said no, they're he making said a case. it was it was a case he did not say the next three next two no next two he didn't Ray, say that Ray he Gattis just said, and oh. Alejandro Bedoya. no all he said is these two players are making a case for their ring of honor inductions so do you think someone else could come into this team in the next two or three years and realistically beat either Bedoya or Gaddis to the ring of honor I mean, like that's, it's it's that's, obviously going to be either of those two because they're approaching the end of their career soon, and they're in Philadelphia. Um, I would put Blake over Bedoya. Um, I mean, considering Blake is basically the leader in like Anything every ever. everything that's ever happened with a goalkeeper for the Union. And is the um, only reason that you got like maybe ten points a year for the last like four years. I mean, I I think both both Blake and Bedoya have completely viable reasons for being in the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. It's longevity and it's production and it's that quality of you know you're in a good spot to win if they're on the field, right? I mean, you're not just celebrating guys because they're there. You know, Latou's, you know, Latou's a legend because he puts up hat tricks. And he, he scores important goals. And he's been there through many years of this club's highest and lowest points. Bedoya was on a pretty shitty team when he first started out. And now look where they're at. But you want to talk about, like... You can you can talk about production all you want, and you can say like, well, "Oh, Gaddis has Gaddis has done this, Gaddis has done that." Gaddis is the league. The Gaddis is the team's leading minutes getter. He's played the most minutes ever for the Philadelphia Union, and I think that says something about his production. That he's done it at left back, he's done it right back, he's done it in down years, he's done it in good years. Like every time he's sees um, the field, good year, good. Two years? <laughs> it's a, you, it's a, you it's a can't tough even thing to say. Good two years. I mean, last year was a good year. We had our most points we've ever gotten in a season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To that point, like, 
I, I honestly think that Gaddis deserves a spot there, mostly because he is the minutes getter, but like, or has played the most minutes. But he also has been there since the start. He's been, you know, he's been on this roster. He's played through the bad seasons. He's played in the two good seasons. And he is absolutely and, the best, like, club ambassador. Exactly. That you exactly have ever had, probably. Outside outside backs are always hard to quantify, too, in, like, oh, here are the stats to show you why this guy is the best. You know, unless you're a Marcelo or a Jordi Alba mm-hmm. who gets up and down the field, outside backs are always going to be a hard position to quantify stats wise as to why they're the best you know like whatever well that's the thing you're you're not you're not disqualifying him because of stats but you're also not qualifying him because of those stats either you know you're telling me that every single season that the union have played there's not been a moment where if we were able to bring in a better right back at that time you wouldn't put ray gaddis into a cannon and fire him into the sun to another mls franchise there's a reason we haven't brought a better right back in, I guess. Because he's super I mean, cheap. I, like, money? Is it money? It's because he's cheap. Um, but, like, so I would rather name a part of the stadium after Ray Gaddis when he <laughs> retires than put him in the Ring of Honor. The Ray Gaddis hot dog stands and Duke Dog Emporium. <laughs> no, 100, the, the Ray 100%, Gaddis nutmeg condiment 100% something that's actually significant. Like, oh him having an end or something because he has meant a lot to this team but i i guess it depends on what what you're going at for the ring of honor because like if you're going at statistical contributions two people who like madunia definitely needs to be in the conversation because he's number two all-time in assists for the team um, another person who realistically yeah, yeah. should be in the conversation, CJ Sapong. Uh, no, get out. No, yes. no, 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 yes. no, 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 I've, no, he should. I, he's, no, he's speaking specifically from what his qualifiers are, Evan. Don't bust Lanut. He's just explaining <laughs> from an objective standpoint. Statistically, CJ Sapong is one of the union's best goal scorers in history. Can we wait? Can we just like give it? Could we just wait a little bit? Oh, I mean, wait a little I, bit. I, I I'm not saying that you have to make this decision now. Okay, I'm just saying do, you don't have to do one. I'm just year. saying they didn't do one if, this year. Like if you're if you're going off of something I, that's including some of these players who are on the team right now, then he 100 percent has Chuck, to be in the discussion. Chuck, I I know that you want to in some way, shape, or form see see Charles in the Ring of Honor. Oh, I'm they not, wouldn't but it's, put. But it's Charles, not. Did, did I say that? C, that I yourself. think that CJ Sapong res- deserves to be in the Ring of Honor. Did I? I, no. I hope no. not. He didn't man. say Charles Sapong no, deserves at, to be but, in the Ring no, of I'm Honor. Saying, at no point did I say. <laughs> I'm saying if you're purely going off statistics, uh, he has to be, be in the Ring of Honor. Then what? But okay, so so your argument is that we're going off of intangibles yeah. for for Ray. I'm saying that it needs to be a mix of the two. Okay. All right. I'm back. You have won me back. Unfortunately, Ray doesn't have the statistics at all. Even no. if you go in goals conceded with him playing as a defender, 
they're not good because he hasn't played on a good union defense. Even this year didn't end up being a good union defense. I just, I'm, I, I think there's something that you have to, like, I think there are intangibles that you have to add to stats all the time. Like you can say guys are the best, whatever, best, this best, that, and like, you could say whatever you want, but in 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 a in a team that has only existed for ten seasons, eleven seasons, whatever it is now, mm-hmm. in a team that hasn't been or doesn't have a long history of players, if you're gonna start a ring of honor at this point in 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 the franchise, yeah. and you and you're gonna start to think about who do you add to these players, you have to add players that have meant something to the union who have been around, who have played, who aren't just like bench sitters who haven't just started at steel for the last 10 years. And like Ray Gaddis is a guy who's played in MLS a long time. He has played at the MLS level. And if you want to sit here and say there's a better right back out there, there probably is a better right back out there. But there's also a reason that, that the union have not gone and found him. And there's probably also another reason why RJ Allen has not seen the field this year as we've been calling for him. We've been sitting here saying RJ Allen has to be on the field, has to be on the field. Olivia Ambizo has to be on the field, has to be on the field. And yet again and again and again and again, Curtin keeps starting Ray Gaddis. And I think there's something to be said for Ray Gaddis continues to perform at a, at a high level and we can criticize all we want, but we are not out on that field. And Ray means a lot to this club and so i think that's where i put someone like that instead of someone like cj sapong who yes had a couple good seasons and got himself into the goal scoring whatever but in the in the history of the union he means nothing to philadelphia sports i will say that uh, I, wouldn't, jim Cur- I wouldn't go that far he was that, I think he was back jim at the Curtin, game for a, a reason good, yeah definitely because chicago fire was sitting at home no, because he still loves this fucking team. All right. Jim Curtin, a good coach who has made good decisions personnel-wise, choosing Ray Gaddis is a testament to what Ray Gaddis has clearly shown his teammates and his coach. I'm just not sold on glorifying participation it's not t- participation though i mean he's on the feet yeah <sighs> it's not just particip- it's not like he's just like oh he's been on the field this season he's the franchise leader in minutes played he has existed on the Philadelphia Union for as long as anyone in Welcome the club. Welcome to views from the bridge right back. Existentialism version. I know people okay. who went to high school for nine years and they don't get. Hey, do 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 you? So, all right. I live in a terrible neighborhood. Let let let's end this discussion. Well, actually, I want to interject with. What, outside of players already mentioned, what players currently on the team have the best chance of eventually making entry into the Ring of Honor, and why does it start with Jack Elliott? (laughs) 
Because Jack Elliott needs to play another five seasons for this team. Maybe not that. I'm not putting a specific number on it. I'm just saying he needs to play a couple more seasons. He's had one good season. Then he said, didn't he like lose a starting spot last year? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying Jack Elliott has had two good seasons out of three that he's played for this team. And he deserves to be in our I'm ring not, of honor. He I'm needs not, another like three to five. That wasn't my question. It's I not going to start with that him. Will end. I'm not going to start with him. Uh, I can't start the discussion with him because he doesn't qualify yet in any way, shape, or form. It's Dre. That's the thing. Barely anyone does. We've already, I've, I said outside of people we haven't no. already discussed. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, Fabinho. <laughs> what? Uh, Zach Pfeffer. No, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep throwing out names. Uh, All right, so moving on. Brian now. Carroll. Yeah. Out of, yeah, BC, out of, BC is probably. Uh, I was surprised he didn't get inducted with Latou. It would have been nice. It would have made sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, BC was on. Also, I mean, you could have you could have also yeah. said Jim Curtin. Yeah, he'll end up yeah. up there. Uh, 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 oh, he has to. Come on. But like the we guy, need more the guy has embodied this. We need more than two years of success for a coach. And we need more coaches. No. They, Tom Landry got into the Cowboys Ring of Honor and he was the only coach for forty years of that team. There is a bleeping that's very different. <laughs> it's not. We're talking about the same thing. We're no, talking we're about not. Ring of Honor. Oh no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Hi, what are we I'm talking Jim about Curtin. then? I've been the coach of the Philadelphia Union for two years out of their 10-year existence. Who knows what they're going to be in 40 years. Let me in the ring of honor in 2023. Okay. Did you say two, <laughs> two years? Do you know how long he's been coaching this team? I blacked out for the first couple. Get over yourself. He <laughs> deserves it. Good lord. There, there is a banner in Xfinity Live for Sam Bleepin' Hinky with the Sixers logo on it, and they don't say a word yeah, because, because they know that that process worked. <laughs> Jim Curtin, his foundational role in this organization, <laughs> building a culture. Okay, is going so to I'm be building. Is it, I'm is going it, to put a is banner it, for Ernie isn't Jim Stewart Curtin getting that like currently the longest tenured coach in all of MLS. Uh, he's yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, there Ben Olsen is... got fired, right? For me, there is four people okay. who I think at this point I can actually start a legitimate discussion about being in the Ring of Honor at some point in their careers. Okay, Keon Daniel. Mm-hmm. For those four people <laughs> on the team on the team currently, <laughs> those four team those four people are Ray Gaddis, Alejandro Bedoya, mm-hmm. Andre Blake. And Jim Curtin. Those four is where I start the discussion. Madunian's on the edge. If he plays for a couple more seasons and we continue to have the same success, then I put start putting him in the discussion. Jack Elliott, same thing. If he plays for a couple more years, I start putting him in the discussion. After, other than that, though, I can't start a legitimate discussion about anybody on this team. And you're apparently not going to get it this week. Nope. Apparently not. Tweet us at VFTB Pod. Tell us how wrong we are. Tell us how how oh. you really uh, want Ernie Stewart to be up there because he left and that made us successful. Uh, uh... <laughs> also, like, 
front office personnel don't get honored. Yeah, they get. Yeah, we could just not do that. Yeah. Or can we put Jay Sugarman's helicopter in the Ring of Honor? No. That has a one hundred percent success rate, guys. Can we put the coffin in the Ring of Honor? (laughs) But for real, I forgot about for four hundred, (laughs) please. Daily double. All right, Um, guys. Wait, Connor Casey. Ring of no, Honor? No, no. <laughs> you know what? He did get sent off in his last match here. So. But, no. Okay. Connor, Connor Casey deserves to have a patch of dirt named after him. That is just soaked Connor, in blood. Connor Casey could end up... Is, he's still heavily attacked, like, most well-known for another team that is not the Philadelphia Union. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And that's a problem. Like... Even though Latou got <laughs> traded all over the place, oh, his home is Philadelphia. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I got you. I mean, to be fair, Connor Casey did win, like, you know, an MLS Cup with that other team. Yeah. So. Okay, guys. Good episode. Yeah, great. Great talking, everybody. Uh, at BFTV Pod, if you want to tell us how terrible we are or what have you. Uh, thanks again for Roughneck Scarves and Beautiful Game Network, a podcast, and, and Icarus FC for continuously letting us release this for no apparent reason. Uh, apparently each of these episodes is just a very long cry for help from Paul. <laughs> so, um, feel free to get out. Uh, we will talk to you after we play Atlanta in a match in a stadium that was not necessarily built for them, but sure feels like it, doesn't it? Uh, yes, the most important match in Philadelphia Union history. Mm, Again. Yep. Hey, you're welcome, For the millionth time the this season. You're yeah. welcome. Every week that we're <laughs> still playing now. Yep. Ole. We're not ending on Olay. Everyone take care. We'll talk to you soon. Olay. Ciao. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We are a proud part of the Beautiful Game Network. BGN is a network of soccer podcasts, writing, and other great content. Go check them out at bgn.fm. You can find us on social media at VFTBpod on both Twitter and Facebook. Go check us out there, leave us a note, and ask questions. That is at VFTBpod on both Twitter and Facebook. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe to the show, and please leave us a review. For the Views from the Bridge podcast, Eva Valella, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft. Later!